Good morning, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Malaga Drive Hoops Pod. This is the free agency pod here today. Um, and for the most part, free agency has basically wrapped up. So felt like it was a good time. Larry Markinen's still sitting out there. There's some other vets out there that can, you know, help fill a role at the end of the bench, be a vet presence. Uh, but for the most part, everything is wrapped up. So Sarge and I uh, chopped it up a couple nights ago. Uh, first off, I was in very, very tired. So I apologize for that. Parents are moving to Belgium in like four days now. So been kind of crazy here. But um, yeah, we went through the major signings, talked about how we saw that in, in impacting the NBA landscape. If we liked the fit, uh, if we liked the signing, if we thought the money was worth it and really went through all the major deals as well as some minor deals as well. Um, but I hope you guys enjoy this episode is going to be brought to you by Crystal Geyser. I don't know about you guys, but the tap water at my house tastes like there's spare change in it. And I don't know about you guys, but I don't like my water tasting like spare change. So if you're like me, make sure to go out and get a Crystal Geyser jug or water bottle. Tastes like it's straight from the mountains. Um, Anyways, guys, I, I hope you all enjoy. We got some fun stuff coming up. I got some league idiots from my fantasy league that want to come on and uh, discuss different things. I've got, uh, we're going to do top 10 players at each position like we did last year heading into the year um, and a lot of other fun things and, and debates. So I, I hope you guys enjoy. Appreciate you tuning in. And without further ado, let's hop into this. Thing. There we go. All right, we are live. Surprise, surprise. I got the DFS God, fantasy God, and my buddy, my good old buddy Sarji with me here today. And uh, today we're going to re- recap free agency. It's uh, We're finally at the point where it's somewhat winding down now. Um, and so we're just going to go through player by player. It wasn't as crazy of, a, of an offseason in terms of just purely free agency. Um, that we, we've had crazier, but um, there are definitely still some meaningful signings um a couple guys that you know could potentially swing some things and then certain teams that were injured last year you know they don't need to add necessarily a huge piece so um sergeant and i are just going to go through kind of give our thoughts on every single major and somewhat even some minor signings um and we'll go from there sarge how you doing bro thanks for joining me again yeah i'm good bro i'm fired up i think one of the i think one of the reasons that free agency isn't as maybe exciting as it once was is people are on it so fast now that you already know deals are coming before like they're even allowed to break it's it really is crazy the nba has done such a good job of like i think some people would even argue at this point like like obviously we love basketball so we can't say the same but for some people like the off season is just as fun like as the actual basketball being played on the court and the nba has done such a good job I don't, I don't even know necessarily i mean the nba deserves some credit but i think people just love hoops and the way things go down that it just is is such a draw and so um yeah i mean you got woes and Shan- like it's crazy to think about too like that they weren't necessarily even given these jobs by the nba you know like that they, they were the first two that were like damn this is so like sick i want to know what's happening to the second like i think sham said it. it's like dude i just really wanted to know and uh here we are but for you bro um what i guess i know we're gonna go through you know up and down but 
for you, what was the biggest signing for you or the one that stands out the most? Um, it could be a re-signing. It could be a guy changing new teams. There's not necessarily any stipulations. Um, but a guy who was not under contract for next year that is now under contract with another team, what, what is the one that kind of jumps to your mind? I mean, for me, I think we can start getting after it because I think this was kind of the one you and I were most confused about, I think is the right word, was Lonzo Ball going to Chicago. And I think most people, if you ask them that question, would say Kyle Lowry to the Heat because I think in terms of impact and in terms of title shots, I think that was probably the biggest signing. Um, But for me, what stood out the most was – and I think it's because there's so many parts to it is Lonzo ball going to Chicago for, I don't want to say nothing, but essentially a guy that you, you traded your franchise piece, piece, Anthony Davis, one of the best prospects of all time to get Lonzo ball. And he's lived up to it. Josh Hart. He's lived up to probably everything you expect. Perfect fit next to Zion. I think both you, both me and you think that um, can play both ways. Uh, passes the ball really well. Has improved on his shot, and he's just gone. And, and the, you know, what you do to replace him is you pick up an inefficient one side of the ball player in Devonte Graham, um, who I'd, I'm not necessarily out on. I I, I think. He actually could work there, but I just think that signing stood out to me the most because I don't understand it from a Pelican side. Exactly, and I love that we, we're starting with that. And, and you and I are both, uh, I think, higher on Lonzo than the public is on Lonzo. Um, and he, he's still – I think it's super interesting to me because he's still a super hard guy to peg in terms of, like, like you got it. Like if you pulled all 30 teams, I think there'd be teams that'd be like, Oh, we really like Lonzo. And I think there'd be teams that are like, nah, like we're good on Lonzo, especially at that price. And it wasn't a ridiculous price, but you know, you're definitely committing somewhat substantial money. And so it's, I think it just comes down to like, I think teams seeing that around the league, the teams that have had the most success to a certain extent have like, point guards that can score and again you can point to in the bull situation you have a shooting guard that can absolutely fill it up so it's not as important but it's just interesting to me to see like you see Lonzo a really good passer good rebounder for size great size he's a little injury prone but like you know a lot of really good things especially at a guy who's still 23 23 24 yeah he's probably he might be 24 um and just to be like yeah, we're out. It's it's the weird part because, you know, we're in this fantasy league where, like, you're trying to get value for everything. And it this is where the real life kind of takes a turn where you see sometimes deals like this where it's like, we just don't want to commit this money to you. And it's it's hard to understand. Like, I, I really wish I could be – like, just listen to David Griffin and, and hear his thought process as to why he's like, okay, this guy obviously gets along well with Brandon Ingram, obviously gets along well with Zion. And you already sort of see, like, Zion and, and, and Brandon, it's not that they don't like each other or anything or that they don't necessarily fit, but it's still this process of, like, okay, both these guys have been alpha of the alpha of the alpha dogs on every single team they've ever been, besides, you know, Brandon with the Lakers, sure. But, um, and that fit. And, and Lonzo was a guy that, 
that was okay. He didn't need to do, he didn't need the ball. He doesn't never need to ISO. He doesn't, he's not going to ever detract from what those two guys are doing. So it's maybe it's a spacing thing, but he shot the ball well too. So I'd be very curious to see, you know, what his mindset is, but I do like the fit in Chicago. I think, like we said, he doesn't detract from everyone. There's a lot of different guys there that like the ball and can score the ball. Um, so I'm definitely excited to see what he can do there, but it is confusing and, from a Pelican standpoint. And, and you know what most people are going to say is shooting, right? Okay. Lonzo ball can't shoot Devonte Graham bring shooting. You look at their field goal percentage and three point percentage. Lonzo's better from the field and they're almost identical from three. So yeah, it's not like, what does Devonte do better than Lonzo besides quote shooting? And, and like you just said, their numbers were not all that different last year. The only thing I guess you could argue with Devontae Graham is he's a better shot creator, maybe, than Lonzo Ball. Yeah. But I don't even think it's but gone to the Lonzo, point where it's – yeah. Like, Lonzo was know, horrible to start his career, but he's actually become – I was going to say. He's very not, possible he's as a shot UC, creator. He's not like UCLA Lonzo. And he's still – I think maybe part of the the – you know, what you can point to and what maybe I would guess is Lonzo's a great passer. Right? He does, He's a good wide-open – three-point shooter but you rarely see Lonzo isolate and that's fine but you rarely see him in the pick and roll like truly get downhill and go finish like that's not really a part of his game to this point but again I don't think that I I, like me personally I'm not ruling out Lonzo at 28 29 being a guy that can in a pick and roll go create a shot for himself or or someone else um, yeah, that's six years uh, down the line too. Exactly, exactly. So it's weird for me, and and it's it, like, yeah, I think some people look at me that and be like, oh, is Lonzo not that good? No, it's weird to me too. And I've watched so much basketball. I, I don't. These are the the type of trades where it's like, okay, I, I don't really maybe. And, and I think yeah, the, I the, the the I think the last maybe point that we should mention is maybe you know the Pelicans were. We're moving on from Lonzo, maybe in hopes to get, you know, a Chris Paul, a Kyle Lowry, but I think that is part of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and then maybe it was already too late once Lonzo Ball was gone and they just had so to settle I've, with I've Devontae heard, Grant. No, I, I've heard that they wanted Lowry. Lowry was their guy, but Lowry just preferred my. That's what's come out. He got more money from New Orleans, and I think one other team but he he wanted to go with play with jimmy butler but it's weird to me that you would you have to go put your all your eggs in one basket without even knowing if lauer is going to come and even if he does come i i I don't know i I think that the hornets have done a really good job in getting assets for their big pieces and drew and ad but they haven't really done much else right and obviously drafting's on but you know that was a can't miss type of prospect so We'll see. It's interesting. On the Chicago side, I, I am really interested to see what he can do this year. I'm curious if you had to, I usually go like set a fantasy point line, but like just set a points, rebounds, assists, minutes type of line of, of where you see him. Because I think Chicago, maybe there's another team, but that's the team that comes to mind when I think of what team is the most different from last year. In terms of Lonzo Ball, how many minutes I think he's going to play? Or yeah, because it's a it's a crowded team. 
Yeah. You have Caruso, you still have Kobe White, you have I'm gonna mention Archie Diaknov. Um, but but what where do you think the minutes and more more honestly, more interestingly, the points, rebounds, and assists, like what's the dynamic with Damar and Levine? I think I mean we don't know, but where are you what are you kind of seeing in that situation? I think in, in terms of Lonzo Ball, he's playing 30 minutes a game. You don't bring that guy in and pay him that much money. Um you know, have him play 26, 27 minutes a game. I think they're bringing Lonzo in to be that guy. 30, 32 minutes a game, probably right around 15 points. I don't know what he averaged last year, but probably right around 15 points a game. you got a lot of dudes there that can score the basketball and score in isolation yeah. with Zach Levine, DeMar DeRozan, Nikola Vucic, even in isolation down low. Um, and then I think the assists go up a little bit. I think you're going to see eight, nine assists from Lonzo, five, six rebounds a game. It just depends on, I'm going 14, on what their system is. 14, seven and a half, and five. Four. Okay. Four and a half, five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I should probably 30, say eight's 30, a better number. But 30, we also 31. have to see that system. Are they going to play a lot of isolation basketball? You know what I mean? I mean, I know most teams do, but at certain points, I think Billy Donovan. Because, I, so I, I didn't think Billy Donovan was all that good of a coach when he first came in the league, but he had that year last or two years now where he had CP, Schroeder, and SGA and Gallo and just made it work like they they were winning games four seed obviously lost to the Rockets in seven in that first round but he made it work so I think he's a good coach for optimizing that group I I again I have no idea what it looks like but I think you could see similarly to OKC where he found this perfect kind of balance between SGA CP and Dennis obviously much different personnel but you know that type of like three guys in Levine, Lonzo, and DeMar, who are used to having the ball in their hands. Lonzo, to a lesser extent. Um, but I think I, I think it'll work, and I, I don't know. Again, I don't know exactly the sets or how much, you know, isolation will be. But um, where are you at on that? Do you, you like – do you like Billy Donovan? I like Billy Donovan as a coach. And, and if you if you listen to players talk about him, I feel like he is a player's coach. Like – players really, I feel like, like playing for, for Billy Donovan. I think that's one of the reasons they brought him because no, everyone hated playing for, um, for what's his name? And yeah, the yeah, fans. Hated, and absolutely the fans. It's weird how I, I've never seen a head coach more unanimous, unanimously disliked. Oh, the amount of hate, the amount of hate Twitter accounts for Jim Boylan were insane. (laughs) But I think that's one of the reasons they brought Billy Donovan. And I don't think from like a X's and O's, he's crazy good. I think he's pretty average, but I just think um, in terms of a player's coach, that's the guy you want to have. Everyone seems to love him. So if anyone's going to make it work, I think maybe it's him because that's a lot of different guys. So, so then let's go to the next question because, you know, we're already here with Chicago. Um, where you sit, where are you putting the over under for them on when their win total next year in an 82 game season? I'll That's hard. That's really hard. Exactly. I would say, I would say 44 and a half. Okay. I think I'm at, I think I'm at like 42 and a half. Okay. So we're, we're right about the same area. I think what for me, especially when you have DeMar coming from a spot where he was the best player, they were whatever. You know, the Pelicans were never all that great. Even Vooch, I'm, I'm super interested to see how good is – like, you take all four of those, their four best players, Lonzo, Vooch, uh, Levine, and – DeRozan. DeRozan. None of those guys have really – in re, you had DeRozan in, 
in Toronto, but none of those guys have been able to successfully lead really even anything above a, a me- mediocre team. So I mean, there's no, there's no together. playoff experience with those guys exactly. really at no all. Vucevic first round. Uh, Levine yeah. hasn't been to the playoffs and uh, DeRozan. It's basically getting right. crushed by LeBron in the first round. Exactly. So I, I think, I think they're about an eighth, seventh seed type of team right now. And I think that might surprise some people when you put, oh my gosh, you're getting this collective group of talent that you haven't seen. Don't you know, DeMar's been the best player on his team, Lonzo, you know. Um, I still kind of need to, I'm always in the mindset of I, I need to see it, especially when it's all those guys in a new system. Um, but they have a coach and, and you got, got, you know, it's not like it's just those four, right? Like Caruso, good signing. P. Willie, the the paw, I, I'm super high on. Kobe White's, a, you know, still kind of working on some dumb things that young players deal with, but got a lot of talent. Um, Thado's gone. Thad's gone. I'm, I'm, that, that was a huge part of what they Huge piece. Year, you know? Perfect so, small ball five for them. Yeah, and just a locker room guy, too. Garrett Temple, great locker room guy. So they they lost a lot of their just vets. So we'll see. It'll be, it'll definitely be an interesting challenge. Laurie's out, although he really has not given them anything for a while, but um, yeah, I'm at, I'm at like 42 and a half. I still think that if you ask me to make the playoffs, but it's kind of similar to where like the Orlando magic of, of old have, you know, been for me at this point, obviously if they gel, we'll see. But um, do you like the DeRozan signing for them with that amount of money? Um, what was he getting on average annual? Like 30, I think right around 30. A year? Right? Yeah, wasn't he? I thought it dude, I thought it was like four years, like I think it's three. Three. I thought it was 385. Like 385. 385. 385. Three so it's just a little less than 30. Um, personally, if I'm a general manager, I'm not cashing out DeRozan like that, but it's like they had a lot of money. DeRozan was probably the best guy available, and they were able to get him. So, like, I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, that's a dumb move. You guys are so dumb, right? Like, that, that's a, a proven guy at money you can afford to spend. But me personally, no, I'm not looking to spend that type of money on a guy that, one, doesn't defend, two, doesn't shoot the three ball well. He has his, you know, he has the things he does well. He's a good shot creator in – in the mid-range and at the rim he can facilitate for others he's a vet sounds like he's a good teammate but yeah I, I'm not a huge in real life DeRozan guy yeah I'm not either and I think it, it's something that really if you take DeRozan off of that team I don't want to say their win total doesn't change because it definitely does but for me it probably goes down like one and a half two and a half wins yeah, maybe, it, which is sad they don't sign DeRozan I probably have it at 40 and a half and that might shock some people but I mean, I just haven't seen – honestly, last year was the most impressive season I've seen from DeRozan in a while just in terms of impact on winning mixed with individually what he was doing, and it still didn't even land the Spurs a playoffs. And that's not – that wasn't and, and that wasn't a bad yeah. Spurs team, man. You got Derek yeah. White. I mean, of course, he's hurt. DeJounte Murray, Jacopoto wasn't bad. Kelton Johnson was fine. Like, with the kind know. of year he had, it still didn't equate to winning. So, for me, I, I agree. I, I just yeah. – I don't think – it really the DeMar DeRozan signing um, puts them uh, and the East is loaded, man. The East hasn't been loaded uh, in a really long time. And with the Nets being healthy, yeah. it's going to be absolutely loaded. Yep. You got the defending champs, you got the Nets, you got Sixers who are still loading up. We'll see what happens with Ben, but 
Uh, let's stay in the East then. Let's let's continue a team. Let's let's jump to the Heat and the Kyle Lowry signing. I know you just talked about Kyle Lowry. Uh, was actually one of the like not really shocking ones. We knew way before free agency started. The NBA did an investigation, but it, it's funny because Woj is breaking this shit like four days before free agency starts. So I don't really understand what they expect. And I also don't really understand why it's a big deal if you're just going to negotiate in a couple of days. But regardless, signed a three-year, $90 million deal, uh, getting up in there in age. And Kyle Lowry, you know, for me, always been one of those guys I've loved because you see, he's not fast. He's not, I mean, he's strong, but he's he doesn't really jump off the table in any single area, but he has that Chris Paul type of, competitor does every single thing he can in his possible power to win and when you're a coach and you know that your point guard out there is like he's not he's generally not going to screw up he's always going to be in the right position he's going to lead he's going to get the guys ready to go you'll live with that and he's reuniting with some dogs and bam and jimmy and we just saw this miami team albeit in a weird covid year but we are going to be saying that i feel like for a little bit now um in the finals and, and Yes, Goran's a lot older and a lot of things broke right and Jay Crowder's out. But we know with Jimmy, Bam continuing to get older, and even Tyler, like that team has the ability if things break right to get there. So I, just similar to DeMar, sure, in a vacuum, if you're just looking at things on paper, three years, 90 million for Kyle Lowry is a lot for a guy who's kind of, you know, definitely on the tail end of his career. But if I'm the Miami Heat, like, you're not going to be able to, like, you're not, this is your best shot to compete. You just are, you're giving the max to Jimmy. You have an up-and-comer, bam. Go get a guy like Kyle Lowry and, and see what can happen. It keeps Jimmy yeah. happy. It, it yep. keeps Jimmy happy, which I think is important. You see, you saw it in Jimmy Butler signed a new contract. Jimmy Butler wanted Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry's been there, done that, won a championship, not afraid to take a backseat to the star. Um, he did it with Kawhi. He's really good at accepting yeah. his role and just playing defense to the max. And then if you need him to score, he's proven that he can do it both in isolation, pick and roll. Are you everything. Lowry guy? I, I felt like you're not really Lowry guy. No. I, I really like Lowry. Um, Is he a top 10 point guard right now? Next year, going into next year. I know that's, I know that's, that's I not would, fair. You don't, I would say he's fringed team. out of the top 10, like 11 or 12. Okay. Which is still. Yeah. I mean, so but, you're, you're but that's just straight playing basketball talent wise impact on winning top 10 point guards. Probably, man. Yeah. That's like, what I'm asking. That's probably nine, 10. Yeah. Probably Who, nine, 10. Are there 10 point guards you would take ahead of them trying to win a basketball game? or title next year i think yeah he's right around 10 11 9 maybe um and so yeah yeah it's a no-brainer for me and he fits miami you know that selfless gritty do whatever you can to win basketball and 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 tyler hero needs needs a guard because they're high on tyler hero i think they're gonna i am you know they're gonna pay him when payday needs to come and i think kyle lowry is a perfect guy um, to mentor Tyler Hero off the bench as well, because Tyler Hero had an awful year. He was banged up. He had the neck injury. Um, he was just injured in, in general the whole year, um, but he just wasn't confident on the court like he was in the finals the year before, and it was a letdown season in, in a lot of people's eyes. So I think Kyle Lowry is the perfect mentor for him. And I want to go back to that, and I agree. I think he is, but um, it's weird. You know, they go from from being right there to, you know, at times this year, not even really – 
people weren't even sure if they were going to make the playoffs, you know, with, with how they started. But I think the more I reflected, and I think you saw it with the Lakers too, and injuries are a, are a part of it. COVID was a huge part of it, but like they just had, they were at such a disadvantage with how late into the season they played where like some teams were getting sick, like literally six months on them in terms of just rest and preparation. And so I think that manifested itself throughout the season. I think you could say really everyone besides Bam and Jimmy had let down years and even Jimmy and Bam, they had good years, but it wasn't like, it wasn't transcendent, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't, it clearly wasn't enough. Um, and it was just a flop of year, but I, I expect the Miami Heat to bounce back. I'm not going to say they're going to go to the Eastern Conference Finals or the title, but I expect them to be a lot better and more consistent, you know, from where they were last year, especially when you get a guy like Kyle Lowry who comes in. And this year, really, their point guard was either Kendrick Nunn, a 40-year-old Goran Dragic, not actually, but you know what I'm saying, or, or Tyler Hero. It just or it Jimmy Butler or Jimmy Butler. Yeah, it, it just wasn't going to work. And, and Kyle Lowry is a guy you can count in night, night in, night out to, to just handle all the ball handling duties. So, and and they picked up PJ Tucker, which I think is a little perfect bit going under the radar. And, yeah. and I think that's a perfect guy as well. Just culture guy, work hard guy, um, yeah. locker room guy, play defense experience, huge experience guy. Um, so I think that's a really big signing for them as well in a position yeah. that they need because they trade away Kelly Olenek and they had Trevor Ariza playing power forward all year. Um, and Trevor Ariza was fine, but I think PJ Tucker coming off the bench He's playing a Laker now, bro. is an upgrade. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I love and they back and they bagged and they bagged out Duncan Robinson as well in free agency. Yeah. And that's the, the way things are going. We'll, we'll get to the shooters too, but if you can shoot, you're going to get a lot of money. Um, all right, let's go to two guys that re-signed. I don't think – I mean, there was a little bit of talk that Chris Paul was might go somewhere else, but for the most part, we all thought they'd both be back with their teams. And let's start with Chris Paul. Got a four-year, $120 million deal with the Phoenix Suns. Chris Paul's agent is very good at what he does. Not saying that Chris Paul doesn't deserve that, but to go grab four more years is uh, – got to be pretty nice for the Paul family um what what were your thoughts on that obviously i think we both think you know four years involves a little bit of risk but a lot of or maybe a lot of risk um but you i mean we go back two years ago in houston if we were talking we were talking about chris paul's contract being possibly the worst of all time he was coming off like his third straight year where he got injured in a key moment couldn't he was not comfortable playing next to James Harden. And you see why, right? Like on these teams and the Thunder and the Suns, he needs a ball. And obviously he's gone vegan since then and been a lot more durable and a lot more consistent. Um, but I'm interested, man. Like where, how long can Chris Paul continue to play at this level? Because he all of a sudden went from where normally guys fade out and you could see it. It was like, all right, this is kind of the fading out of Chris Paul. Boom, he suddenly stopped that process and looks – to me right now, he's a top five point guard, again, in just ter- pure winning the game of, of basketball. I mean, it's hard to argue with that, especially with, you know, how far the Suns went. I get giving him the money based off of the season he's given you the past two years, but I, you just – you start to wonder when exactly does that that noticeable drop-off come into play? What are your thoughts on, on Chris Paul? And uh, you kind of felt like they had to run it back. 
Yeah, and, and I was watching the uh, Suns um, summer league game the other day, and they had uh, they had James Jones on there, um, just interviewing him at halftime in the game, and they're like, "Hey, how, what do you think about the off season? What's like, what are your thoughts on the draft?" He said, "All we were thinking about this off season is signing Chris Paul. We didn't care about a single other thing other than getting Chris Paul back." And I just you think you me. have to you you have to take the risk there with, with the four year deal. If that's what he wants, screw it. You got to give it to him because without Chris Paul. That team is right back, not necessarily in the same situation, but it's just it's that's not that where missing piece, man. It's yeah. it's just the missing perfect piece. And you saw it last year. It's Devin Literally. Booker and, and Chris Paul isolation, pick and roll, getting whatever. It's unstoppable, man. And I think the Bucs did a really good job defensively, but that's besides the point. I You just – you have to sign Chris Paul, and I know it's risky, but that's a risk you, you have to take because you – as good mm-hmm. as campaign was, you can't – you know, just blind yourself with the money and let campaign run your team because Chris Paul is that dude. And um, it's similar to John Wall right now, looking like the worst contract in the NBA. Um, Just when you're in that sort of situation, when you're in that situation, things just look really bad. Um, And Chris Paul, I mean, we've seen it, man. You can play older, like you can play age is a number and he's going to start slowing down, but I still think, you know, he has at least two effective years in him uh, at minimum. And and whatever happens after that, who cares? You know what I mean? Go after it for two years. I'm in, I'm in full agreement with you. I think, you know, a lot of times we talk about, is this guy worth dump dump the contract to OKC in two years? Yeah. Like (laughs) if, you know, they'll take him, they'll take him. If, if you have a reasonable shot and if you can sign one guy that vastly improves your chances at winning a title, even if you're not the favorite, you got to do it. Because you've already had, even in the past five years, right, you've had the Raptors with an improbable title win. And you could even maybe say the the Bucks that coming in this year, I, I think most people would have picked at least three, four teams over them. And so I think we've kind of been tricked into thinking because of, LeBron's recent dominance and then KD teaming up with the Warriors that if you're not the absolute favorite, what the fuck are you doing? Go rebuild. But I think we're finally, you know, it's exciting as a fan because I think we're phasing out of that. Maybe we might go, honestly, we might go right back into that with the Brooklyn Nets. But even those three, I don't think it's as much of a lock as it's been in the past. And then on top of that, you throw health. So uh, I, I'm in 100% agreement. If you have a guy like that, go get it. But I, I do think it'll be interesting because I, I wonder how much Chris, now, now that you say James Jones, number one thing was signing Chris Paul, maybe they were already on the same page, but I wonder if the lack of rest this year was him being on a one-year deal and him not knowing the future. Now that he's under four, you see they, they obviously, they still have campaign, but they bring in Alfred Payton on top of that. I wonder if he rests a little bit more this year, especially after a deep run. We'll see. 82 um, games now, too. 82 games, the four extra games, exactly. Um, but I, I think also this year could have been one of those things where it was it confirmed, like, in in a time where everyone is load managing and resting. And, and I've been on record saying, like, these guys put an insane amount of pressure on their joints every single night. If you're not feeling good, don't go. But in a, in a time where everyone's doing that, they didn't do that. And they were locked in all year long. And clearly that played a, a role in and, how far they went. And, and one quick last thing on Chris Paul is you saw how important, in terms of win now, great piece, you can't argue it. 
But if you talk about developing your young guys too, you saw the development the of McCall talked about. Yeah. yeah. You saw the development. I mean, of McCall it does Richards. get talked about. But. You saw the development of DeAndre Aiden and even the development of Devin Booker. We knew he was a superstar, but just the way he played off Chris Paul and just the mindset that he had this year. Yeah. It's, it's so valuable. And people don't even realize that past the wins and losses is just developing those young dudes. Um, and Chris Paul is a huge part of that. Yeah, bro. That's why, that's why Kuminga is going to be an all-star and Moody's in the all-star because they're playing with Steph and Dre and Clay, bro. Uh, but I, 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 100%. Like you get, you give credit to Book and, and Aiton for their development, but having Chris Paul there could not have hurt in any way, shape, or form. Uh, let's go to like a, like a poor man's version of the signing, and that's Mike Conley re-signing with Utah. Um, Utah had a great regular season, didn't quite carry over, a little banged up against the Clippers, but disappointing way to go out against a, a Clippers team that didn't have Kawhi. They bring Mike Conley back, kind of was in a similar situation with, as Chris Paul where he had a really tough injury-riddled COVID year, and people were kind of like, all right, is it, it must be shitty to be in the NBA. You have 10, 12 really good years, and you go have one year where you're injured at 32, and every all the talk is, oh, this guy's done. But that was what that's the reality of the situation, and that was what was happening with Mike, and he responded this year with a really, really good year for Utah. So they brought him back at three years over 60, $67.5 million over three years. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? I'd assume you have him below Lowry and CP3, but probably not like crazy lower. Um, what, what were your thoughts on that signing? Yeah, and, and that signing is all about health. Like you hear about the changes with Chris Paul and then the diet, going vegan, working on his body. You know, you just don't really hear that w- with Mike Conley. And I don't know if it's because he does it or doesn't do it. And I don't think that really matters. But the thing with him is health, man. Like you saw in the playoffs last year when he is missing, Joe Ingles is a great replacement, but then you're missing Joe Ingles off the in, bench, in right? In his role, yeah. Exactly. In, in his role. So Mike Conley staying healthy is huge and staying healthy at the right time too, uh, because they're going to have no problem in the regular season with or without him. But come playoff time, it's just whether Mike Conley is healthy or not, because he deserves that money, man. He really does. When he is healthy and playing his best basketball, it's really tough to beat that Utah Jazz team, no matter what team you are. Sarge, where are the Jazz next year? That's a are really, they, tough, that's a are really they, tough question. One, two, more three, four, five, six. Yeah, I see him. Where do you have I, them? I would see him. And give in, me the teams a, you have above. I would I would see him in the – I would put him at three. Behind who? Healthy Suns, Chris Paul. I would put one or two. I, I would probably put him two. I think Lakers – probably go four. I think we put them after just because injury what, concerns with dude, me. Dude, you I always swear. do this with the Lakers, of, bro. Because, you always just talk shit about your Lakers. You're not putting them three, four. You're put, you said to. four. Did you say four? Yes, I have to put them four. Okay, who's three? The, I told you, the, the Jazz. Who's two? <laughs> Suns. Who's one? Warriors. Shut up, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you have Lakers three. You have Lakers three. You I would honestly go – yeah, my three would, would would be Lakers, Jazz. Uh, I would go Lakers one, Jazz – or Suns two, Jazz three. Yeah, I think I'm with you. Uh, just the – they have the squad back. They have the squad back. 
And I always like to target, uh, you know, I try, I always think of things from a betting perspective. So I'm just looking more at win total next year, but um, yeah, I like to target teams that just had the talent and just for one stretch, just couldn't put it together and, and have that extra motivation kind of like with the Clippers last year. I, I think the jazz will be absolutely ready to rock next year. And, and I think who knows, honestly, for me, you know, injuries are going to play a part, but even if everyone's healthy, I don't know if I have them as a serious, serious contender coming out of the West, but that's another one of those teams that, you know, in the regular season, they're going to be so locked in and, and look so good for so long. So, yeah. And um, they added Rudy Gay. Am I missing anyone else outside of Conley? Obviously uh, they lost they, Niang to, they, they, they lost Niang. They added Gay. They traded for uh, Eric Pascal, bro. Okay. The extra way he he's like St. Louis boys with Donovan, but you know how much does that really affect them? Um, but it's basically the same squad they're running back with. Yeah, Just, and they where, where did Niang they, end up? Philly. I kind of like that. Yeah, I kind of like. That. He, he he's uh, on my uh, he's on actually I'm not gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> it's too late, bro. It's on my yeah, he's on my list for. Caleb and I are in a fantasy league. You know, we talk about all the time, but oh, we have yeah, like a short list of minimum players and. Because yeah, no, some guys slide under the radar, and that's one of the guys I really like uh, because he's power spot. forward slash maybe even 10% center eligible if he yeah, is able to get switching. in there. <laughs> we're switching that up, bro. Um, all right, let's – all right, let's – yeah, we're just – let's just go to Russ. But we'll, um, so if you've listened to the podcast and even semi-recently, you know – well, you know Sarge really doesn't like Russ. I'm, I'm on the, I don't hate Russ, but I, I've for a while, as he's kind of been pitted up to stuff, I've always kind of been against Russ, especially early on when, when I felt like Russ got more shine than he should have, but now he's a Laker and it's funny how life works out. Um, so I'm just going to give you the stage, bro. What, how are you feeling about Russ? what did you think about the trade? I know it technically wasn't a free agent signing, but it's, you know, uh, was a part of all of that. What are the, what are your thoughts, bro? How are you feeling? I mean, it's, if I had the option to not have Russ on the Lakers, I would take him off of the Lakers. But I think the reason they brought him in was insurance to LeBron James getting injured. And I don't know if that's true or not, but that is the way I'm going to look at it because if you look at it from way to look at it, because if you look at it from a fit standpoint, it makes negative 615%. It, it, it does not make sense because Russell Westbrook without the ball is just as useless as pulling someone off of the dang street and putting him in the corner because he doesn't do anything <laughs> Here we go. and he can't, we... and he can't, and he can't spot up shoot. And he doesn't play defense, so oh, he'll shoot. He'll spot up shoot, <laughs> bro. <laughs> he'll shoot, but it won't go in. Um, but for me, you know how I feel about Russell Westbrook. I I just can't hate on him anymore on here. But the fit doesn't make sense to me. I would rather have Buddy Healed by. I'd rather have Buddy Healed a hundred times over, um, just for his spot up shooting um, and his ability to play next to LeBron James. I think it makes a lot more sense. It costs a lot less. Um, probably would have been a little bit less in terms of trading pieces away if we could have kept KCP. So for me, do I think the deal was worth it for the Lakers? I would say no. And, and I don't like it for, as a Lakers fan. 
Um, and it just doesn't make sense to me, but I get it. Him and LeBron James are buddies. You got to keep LeBron James happy. And um, if something does yeah. happen to LeBron, I think Russell Westbrook could be very useful for the Lakers. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at it. And I think, you know, I've, I, for the last, and you can't even blame me. He's getting old. It's like for the last three years, I've been waiting, not waiting, but kind of, all right, are we going to see LeBron? Like, and he has taken somewhat of a step back, but not to the point where you're like, you're even considering him as a top five player. You know, I think most people would still put him as one, regardless of last year. So I think, and like you said, I think it could be one of those things where you saw last year, I mean, LeBron was fine in the playoffs, but AD was, was banged up. I think you kind of lean on him as this regular season grinder for you to keep Braun as fresh as possible. But yeah, on the court, it's like, I mean, and we saw it in Houston. Russ was like, all right, if I'm not OKC Russ, DC let him do it last year. But if I'm not that type of Russ, I don't necessarily want to do it. So I'm curious to see what the, because they might rest Braun, but like for however many percentage of the games that they both play, who is that primary creator in the offense? Because because the Lakers haven't, even in the last two years, they haven't had a guy outside of Braun and outside of Braun that initiates the offense that can get downhill. Dennis maybe a little bit, but not whatever. Like AD is not a guy that I feel like can go to face up game every single time and, and be a great team. Like LeBron's had to be that. So I, I wonder how those two fit. And I'm sure it helps that they, they enjoy each other. And I'm sure they wouldn't have done the deal if they didn't, but uh, I'm curious to see how that works out and what that usage looks like. And they signed Carmelo Anthony. They signed Trevor <laughs> Ariza. They signed every guy over the age of 37, but how do you kind of feel? Yeah. How do you feel about the rest of the roster and how it, how it kind of um, ended up yeah. panning it, out? It's hard for me to really envision it, bro, because it's like, like you said, they signed seven guys. So it's like, you know, if it were 2K, it's like, okay, Kendrick Nunn was a good pickup. Malik Monk's a good pickup. I understand the uh, Trevor Ariza signing. I, I, I still – Kent Bazemore's basketball IQ, IQ can be frustrating, but he really shot the shit out of it last year, and he's really long. He fa- You're going to get furious with his fouling, but he's long and can defend, you know, so – I, I liked the, the pickups from a talent perspective. It's just going to come down to how they can all mesh. And if there's a guy, one, on the court that can get everyone to mesh, it's Braun. And if there's a coach, you know, Frank Vogel has honestly, I don't think it's enough credit for how he's, you know, co- how he's come back from, one, Orlando, but two, before Indiana, his way out. He's done a really, really good job in L.A., where a lot of coaches haven't been able to coach Braun, you know? So I, I think with that coaching staff and with Braun, I like the signings, but it, it's a lot of pieces to kind of figure out. And with the Russ thing too, going back to it, like besides the pick this year, who, who did the wizard, who did the, I think the wizards ended up dealing. Trez, yeah. Well, but they, 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 no, they, the so they, they traded. So they traded yeah, uh, Aaron. They traded for Aaron Holiday and gave the pick to Indiana, oh, who, yeah, take, yeah. who took Isaiah Jackson, Isaiah Jackson. But the Lakers gave up KCP, Montrez Harrell, Kyle Kuzma, along and with that. And the pick. pick that turns into Isaiah Jackson. So yeah, yeah. I, I mean, and I, I think Kuz gets over overhated because 
because he was what he did as a score before and people were expecting him to be able to do that as a third guy but I thought he was fine as a winning role-playing basketball player he had some moments where that where you want to pull your hair out but but at the same time he's not like a piece that you're terribly sad you lose you know me I've been low on Montrez Harrell for so long um I like KCP as a wing defender I do but it wasn't like this crazy price to pay and it gives you like you said it's a it's a lot of insurance for an aging Braun and, and a, a guy like AD who you touch him, you breathe on him, he might head to the locker room. So yeah, I, and, I still and that, have the Lakers. I think they're the favorite in the West right now. Yeah, you give me LeBron James, you give me Anthony Davis. I'm taking him over anyone yeah. um, when they're healthy. It's it, it it's not. I, I'm more mad about giving up KCP. I'm not the biggest Kyle Kuzma guy. Um, I agree with you with with Montrose Harrell. Really not a doesn't move the needle much for me, but. KCP, 40% from three last year, maybe even more. Really good yeah. wing defender, good spot-up shooter, perfect next to LeBron James. So that was yeah. a big one for me. Um, but, and this is going to sound crazy, but I'd almost rather have Kyle Kuzma than 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 Russell Westbrook. I mean, not Kyle Kuzma, uh, See, Contavious Caldwell. No, next and, to, next and to I want to, yeah, and I want to, because people are going to hear that and be like, oh, my God. And I just want to clarify, like, look, Talent-wise, Russ is way better than KCP. Russ is way better than Kuzma. The issue here is when you have someone already like LeBron James who does a lot of what Russell Westbrook does at a better rate, uh, You can Russell Westbrook may be a little bit better in transition in certain areas getting to the cup at this point. But when you have someone like Braun who does basically everything that Russell Westbrook is out there to do at a better rate, what is the point of getting rid of secondary pieces that are important to bring another guy like on there? And that's what makes basketball so interesting to me because it's there's five guys on the court and how much are you going to value certain aspects of what someone can do and, and where do certain pieces fit in? So with all that being said, I still have the Lakers number one, but it is interesting because there are now – you, there's no do-overs like yeah like you you go all in you basically have your big three you lose everyone else and you're doing your best to fill in all these other spots around those guys with with like it's one thing you bring in a guy to fill a spot and you have every single other piece filled and you can really coach that guy on what do you what do you have to do to be successful in that role it's different when you have a bunch of different guys and you have to fill those roles out on the fly. So there'll be an adjustment period, but again, Brown and Navy. And, and Russell Westbrook, great insurance policy for the regular season, but in the playoffs, he has to play next to Braun and AD. So <laughs> it'll be an interesting fit for, to say the least. And I can't, I, I'm very excited to see Laker fans versus Russell Westbrook because there's going to be a point where Laker fans lose it. And I think you just kind of have to accept because I, and I hope you will look this year. I think this will give you, I know it's not like you don't watch Russell Westbrook. You're, you, you're, you've watched a million, thousands of Russell Westbrook games, but I, I'm interested to truly for, for you guys get a firsthand glance of like, okay, these are the positives that Russell Westbrook brings. There are good. It's not like he doesn't have moments where he's a really, really good basketball player. So very interesting situation to monitor. Let's go to the Warriors, bro. I want to hear your thoughts. Um, obviously, for those of you that 
are listening for the first time, I'm a huge Warriors fan. Um, and I'm personally very excited about this year. Bring in, bring back Andre Iguodala, sign Otto Porter, sign him on, yeah, Bielitsa. Um, how are you feeling about those signings? And how are you feeling about the Warriors' chances to get back to, to where they were? Yeah, and Maybe not KD level, but, you know. On, on draft night, I was a bit confused, to be honest, because I've said it a hundred times, but Kaminga is a huge project, like massive, massive project where he has the ability to have the highest, well, maybe not the highest, but one of the highest ceiling or one of the highest ceilings in this draft. Um, he's that good. He has that good of to- tools. Do you think about um, it this way? Anthony Edwards went one last year, I think almost every scout would say that his ceiling is just as high as Anthony Edwards. Yeah. Maybe higher to be honest maybe, in terms exactly. of defensively and how big he is in. Exactly. Yeah. He, he could potentially have a higher upside. Than, and Ant won one last year and had exactly. a great rookie year. Um, And that was one of the reasons why I was a bit confused because you can't throw that guy into that team and expect him to develop to the highest possible level that he can right you throw him in the on the rockets and have him play 30 minutes a game yes perfect scenario for the warriors i think he's going to be a guy who has to spend a ton of time in the g league um maybe he has a role coming off the bench as like an eighth man you might disagree with me but i just don't see a role for him this year and that's fine if they want to go with that that's cool but i like everything else they did i like the moses moody pick um, where they got him. I think he fits into like an eighth man role, ninth man role this year. Um, I think the auto go, auto Porter gets absolutely shot on, but I think he is a good fit for them. Shit out of it, bro. And he can he defend is. when he's healthy. Yeah. Um, the same thing. We? Where are we to you, bro? You already gave me your top three. Where, where are we after that? I would say six, seven, eight range for me. Okay. And I, that's... It, that's another thing though, bro. If clay, <laughs> if clay Thompson, comes out and it's actually Clay Thompson, then I have him probably five, yeah. maybe Who's four, four? maybe yeah, four and, and right. slot the Lakers up and move, or slot the Lakers up a slot and Look, slot one of those. Outside of the Suns, Lakers, Jazz, maybe you have Nuggets, but I do think that no. I, I think the Jamal Murray signing or injury is going to hurt. I, I, I have us four. I, I have us four or five. I think that's where I'm at. And again, a lot of that comes down to clay, but it's interesting because, you know, as a Warriors fan, and I think this has kind of been the consensus with us is like, look, you have people forget people. I think they want to forget, but before KD and you can point to a million different things, but before KD, Steph, Clay and Dre and Iguodala as the core of the team. And there were different players around them. Sure. They won the most games in NBA history in a regular season. They've got to the finals. Like, and yes, that was five years ago, right? But the basketball mind has all matured. And yes, that's they've given up some of it on the physical side. But I just think that, and it's like, why can't we get back there? We we surround, we basically took out all the idiots from last year. And those idiots did some good things at times, but we brought in higher IQ players. And with with the whole trading thing, like I was on that boat too. It's like you have this last run. You literally have the chips, the the most sought after chips that teams would want. It you don't even have to include Wiseman. Like the number seven overall, two lottos is just Kaminga, just Kaminga, or even yeah, 
but it sounds like and i don't again we are not in these front offices so we don't know but it sounds like there was not a requisite value deal out there and who knows you know if in our mind and gm their the, the ownership minds what requisite value is but like it sounds like if they were going to give those two picks up it was going to be for a guy that they didn't quite feel move the needle enough in terms of how much they liked Kaminga and Moody. And, and I agree, look, I, I struggle to really put, I know you spend a lot of time evaluating these guys, but I struggle to do that because it's like, bro, I, I they, I've seen guys be so good in college, suck in the pros. I've seen guys just be whatever in college and be good in the pros. And it's so hard for me. And there's so many other things and context that go into how a guy plays in college. But what I've seen from both those guys in summer league, I've been super, super happy with. And I'm I'm okay with the decision they made to this point because of how they've looked. I, I maybe it, it's the it's a warrior's bias in me. I'm willing to admit that. But what I've seen from Kaminga, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he can give us 10 to 15 minutes of just pure energy. And, and it's not maybe, like maybe more. Gonna, yeah. And, and when you have Steph and Clay. And you can pair in guys like Bielitsa, Porter, guys that can space the floor. It's not even like he's going to – he's beating, getting downhill on one defender. He's making a cut. He's running in transition. These are not things where you have to be – even if you're a project, you can still do those things. You know, If you can get to a certain level on defense in terms of knowing what you need to do, then you don't have to be at a certain level on offense. Like I don't need you to do anything besides what you're good at. So – I know that's combining a lot of different things, but I, I, I'm cautiously optimistic about what this group can do. And I'm cautious. I'm cautiously optimistic about Kaminga's future and, and Moody too. Like, I know you like the Moody pick, but that's just another guy who can have a role right away in terms of spacing the floor, playing defense and not be asked to do too much. And, and Moody's talked about already, like, I didn't get caught up in the mixtape hype in, in high school. Like I've been, I've been grinding at how to win basketball games my whole life and what I can do best do to help a team win basketball games professionally since I was in high school. And I love to hear stuff like that. And so you, you go down the roster, it's deep, there's vets, there's youth. I'm excited to see what we can do. Uh, I, I obviously don't put us at the, you know, the top of the top with, with the Lakers and, and Suns really maybe jazz but you know last year was a little weird to me I, i'm interested to see how the clippers do too but uh i think i think we're in a decent spot i think we're in a decent spot yeah and, and wiggins has been really good i i just think to play kind of devil's advocate real quick jalen brown kind of same frame i compared coming to him thrown into the fire when he went to boston raws can be learned under some of those guys that they traded for i think it was like wasn't it like Paul Pierce and all those guys still on that team? I don't think it was they Pierce because he was in Brooklyn, but he had. Yeah, I think you're right. They were, that I, team was competing what, somehow. Were they? I think they were, competed right away, but it was like Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, Tatum. I don't know how they were competing. There was a guy that we're, we're missing. No, Tatum wasn't on the team then. Tatum was Celtics, were, I, I, Celtics. I just think at the time the Celtics no, went to the Eastern Conference Finals against the against LeBron, 
and Tatum had that dunk and Rozier, and there was someone hurt, which made Rozier kind of step up. Uh, I think it was Kyrie. Kyrie was there. Um, yeah, I think you're right. But yep. but but from and that's another thing, bro. I think that that name gets tossed around a lot. And look, I'm not here to say anyone's wrong. And all you guys have watched more tape than I have. I've watched Kaminga's G League highlights once, and that's about it in this summer league. I don't really like the frame is similar to Jalen Brown, but I don't see the game as like all that similar to Jalen Brown. Really? I think of, like you, where is you that watch, coming from? If you watch Jalen Brown in college, if you watch Jonathan Kaminga in the G League, if you look at their stats and put them side I know the by stats side, were weirdly similar. Weirdly similar from three point range, just field goal percentage, field goal everything percentage are points. weirdly similar. Um, yeah. But I do think their games are, are are fairly similar. Highly athletic, both of them. Both can defend very well. They're both long. They both have a nice pull up game, especially in college. Neither of them could make the pull up jumper, but it was very smooth. And Jalen Brown, see them, yeah. Exactly, and I think that's where some of the comparisons come from. Gotcha. But it will be interesting to see where that goes. And and, and I like the Warriors. If Clay's healthy, Clay's a, a, yeah. a top twenty he's player the in the NBA. He, he he's the swing guy. He swings ex- like we were right there with Steph Clay and Dre. He's the swing guy, and we will see how that works out. Let's get to some uh, more mid range guys. Let's go to let's just go to New York because they signed a bunch of dudes. I know you weren't all that stoked on some of them. Uh, Derek Rose re-signed uh, 43 mil over three years. Nerlens Noel uh, re-signed 30 mil over 32 mil over three years. Alec Burks re-signed 30 mil over three years. They brought in Kemba Walker, eight mil a year for two years, and they brought in Evan Fournier. I don't have the contract up. It's, but, it's 80, 84, 80 for four years. 84. Total. Over I'm pretty four, sure. So over 20. Um, a lot of guys, and I know uh, you have a floor, bro. Have a floor. I uh, I think it's a it's a highly confusing off season for them in terms of for me. That team is is not a top six team for me in the East, right? And they just signed a lot of old guys that aren't going to be developing. I don't think Julius Randall is going to get much better at all. Um, Too long, very expensive contracts. Um, And I get it. You want to keep basketball exciting in New York City. It's been awful as of late. You want to keep it exciting, but they're not winning the championship this year. They're just not. I'm sorry. Unless everyone tears their ACL on every team. I just do not see them winning an NBA championship this year, next year, because they're going to have no cap. I, I, I just don't see them winning an NBA championship. They're just doing it to stay relevant and they're screwing themselves for the, in, for the future. So for me, I don't understand it. Like if you're a GM, yeah. I get you want to, you want to keep it exciting, but you are not setting yourself up for success in the future. Like you're going to keep getting bad draft picks. You don't really have assets in terms of picks and you have horrible contracts now. So yeah. for me, I hate the Fournier was, signing too. I, 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 I just don't get it. Sorry. I, I'm with you. I think the length is concerning, but again, we get back to it. And I think it's similar to really you go to almost any contract. And, and again, I, I am fully aware that you understand the context. Like you probably think that the Kyle Lowry is 
deal is too much for him at this point, but you still like the signing. So you understand but, the context. But that's – yeah, that's no, so much I, different for me I'm than just Evan saying, Fournier. No, I'm just know? saying – I'm just pointing out that it's not just pure number. I don't like it. Like, you, you understand. And I just think the Knicks are viewing it from a similar light as the Heat. And we just think the Heat have a better shot. But I think in their minds, like, no one expected them to make the playoffs last year. They ended up a, a four seed. And so they're just drinking their own Kool-Aid, I think. And we've seen it in the past. Thibodeau is a really good regular season coach. And then things kind of start to flame out in the postseason. Um, and part of that has been because of his personnel, too. But um, I, I just think it's the idea that, hey, we've already built momentum. You saw New York was buzzing all year. And regardless if they don't make a title that does that does things for their revenue and their bottom line. And you, you could argue that paying those deals takes all that away. But um I think I'm a little bit different. I, I'm I'm a little higher on Evan Fournier, I think, than you are. And that might just be because I've seen him ball in the Olympics. But I think that's a guy that's to this point still a little underrated. And I know he did not do jack shit in Boston, which has really been his first opportunity to do anything outside of Orlando. Um, but I think it was just weird. He got COVID as soon as he got there. Boston was already a shit show. He was just kind of thrown in there. I think that's a guy who can legitimately create his own shot a decent amount, consistent enough from three, has a little passing into him. Um, and and I think the mindset for them is they saw last year and we saw it last year out in Atlanta. The Knicks were better than the Hawks for really all that regular season in huge part because of their defense. But when things slowed down, Atlanta had so many different creators. It wasn't just Trey Young. It was Bogey. It wasn't even really DeAndre Hunter, but they had so they had a lot of different outlets. And with New York, they sent two guys at Julius Randle, and he was not prepared for it. He was clanking shots, and it really you saw it was Derrick Rose or bust. And so I think one with Kemba, who they did get out of a reasonable price, and two with Evan Fournier, it gives them if they can continue to buy into this defensive system and have that defense where it was last year. You have other guys now when the game slows down, like Kemba and Evan Fournier, that can take a load off of Derrick Rose and clearly needed – I'm sure Julius will get better, but Julius has showed, okay, he cannot be 1A, 1B in a playoff series that really, really matters on the offensive end in terms of just going to. So I think the thought process was just like get, get guys who can create looks. Um, but they still did, – they didn't need to go cash out Alec Burks. And I've always liked Alec Burks. Even ever since he was in Utah, I was like, dude, this guy can kind of hoop. Um but yeah, they, did I, they I need to cash out Nerlens? I think that's just comes from the defensive identity and Mitch. I mean, as good injury as Mitch prone. is, injury prone, foul trouble. Um, all in all, I don't think ten mil a year for Nerlens is too much, based on what he gives. He is the back. He was the backbone of their defense last year, and anytime anyone really got downhill, Nerlens was generally there to clean things up. So, I didn't hate that signing. I think that's why I'm a little less down on it because I didn't hate that signing because of what we just said. I think that Evan Fournier signing, while that's a lot and a lot of guaranteed, I, I think he's, I think he's a little better than people think. And the Kemba deal is decent, you know? So for yeah. me, that's, that's where I'm at. It's not great, but I, that's where I think their mindset is on and this I, whole thing. And I know this is tough to say and, and tough to kind of envision, but if you match this new Knicks teams up, team up with this Hawks team next year in the playoffs, who are, I mean, who would you take? 
Because I'm still taking Atlanta, no, no, no. man. I'm going Atlanta, and honestly, I'm going in five still. Yeah, six. and, and, and but, that's but I problem. love Atlanta. I love Atlanta. I, I but again, it, it just goes back to like who fucking knows. Like, and if you ask the Knicks after everything that they've been through the last even just 15 years, like if you ask Knicks fans, would you take a fourth, a four or five seed winning one playoff series? They would say yes. Sign me the fuck up. So. I think that's just kind of where they're at. Again, we I think we look at it, and I think it's a good way to look at it is like, are you championship? Are you like semi somewhat championship? At least throw your hat in there. Okay, if you are, go for it. If not, don't. And we don't feel like the Knicks are even throw your hat in there. I don't. Um, and that's how we see it. But I think for them, it's like, all right, we got the city was buzzing last year yeah we might not win it all but it Knicks basketball is at least fun again and it hasn't been in, in quite some time and so. and at least they did something right like you yeah as much as I hated a lot of those signing I think it's it, it, you either tank or you do what they're doing right now and going all in with the pieces you can get and, and keep some excitement around your team so yeah. in that case I don't necessarily hate it and um at least they're they're trying to sign people I think there's a lot of teams that just really didn't do anything at all. For example, yeah. like the Celtics, um, where I think they could have used a couple pieces, they whether they be smaller. Yeah, but, you know, they <laughs> no, could have yeah. used a Who couple else? other they small pieces. Yeah, Horford. Yeah, yeah Horford. I like Horford, but, like, I, yeah, I think it will be better back there. That's the only reason I have a little bit of respect for what no. they're doing is at least they're going for it. I get that. Um, all right, we've hit really all the main guys, bro. What are some, what are some deals you want to talk about that come to your mind before we wrap up? We got Norman Powell, we got Gary Trent, uh, Blake Griffin was back, Reggie Bullock in Dallas is interesting, Dougie McDermott. Where you, where you want to take this thing? Yeah, I like the McDermott signing for, for San Antonio. I'm kind of in the same boat as what are they going to do as a franchise in terms of what direction are they looking to go out because they yeah. kind of have a couple of pieces where – DeJounte Murray isn't really young anymore. I guess he, he still is young, but he's, he's not like the he, yeah, he's he's kind of in that next stage of development. He's 24, but I know what you mean. He's no longer Dougie, baby. Stage. Derek White is probably 27 now. Jakob is still decently young, but they're not in rebuild mode and they're not in win now mode. So just kind of a weird in between with some of their signings picked up fad. Um I think it, I would have yeah, for them it's more on the court like just give the, the team as much spacing as would have loved Laurie to San Antonio to be honest. I think that would have been really fun. Yeah, that would have been um, but still don't know where he's at. Who, who knows? Maybe he ends up there, but doubt it. Yeah. Um, what about Spencer? Where are you like Spencer's an interesting guy because we haven't seen him hoop in so long, and we haven't seen him hoop as the guy in, in so long either. I, I where do you think he's at? And do you have him top 15 point guard, top 20? Spencer Dinwiddie. Yeah, top 20 top 25 no bro no way not coming Where? off the injury he came off of no way am i put him in that but he can hoop man and i think it's a it's a very good risk for them to take like paying that guy that much money you really don't have anything to lose because you're paying bradley beal and then after that you've got a bunch of young dudes on, on rookie mm-hmm. contracts i know you've paid thomas Brown, but, other, but other than that i mean why not man why not put someone next to bradley beal who's fun and exciting um, because obviously Bradley Beal wants to be there. Uh, and I think Spencer Dimley is a good risk because they couldn't get anyone else, man. No one's going to Washington. So sign and trade was the best option for them. And I think Spencer Dimley yep. makes a lot of sense for them. Yep, I'm with you. 
Um, there's one. There's one more I wanted to talk about. I'm trying to. John Collins. I know he. You know, it was kind of expected, but uh, re-upped with the with the Hawks, 125 at five, and it it just goes to show you. I don't think he would have gotten this much in an extension before the season, but it just goes to show you if you buy into your role and truly execute that and help the team win, you're going to get your money. And that's, that's and you're going to force your team to make a decision if you play well, right? Like if yeah. you play well in your contract year, you're forcing your team to make a big decision. Yeah, like, there's no way they were not going to bring him back after the season that they had. There's just and no I agree. Way. And I agree with the decision. Like 100%. you have to pay him. So for me, like the signing for them, it's a ton of money, and it starts getting interested when you interesting when you start about when you start talking about paying DeAndre Hunter. Um, what what are they going to do with Kevin Werder? You still got right. Cam so, Reddish. You still so they the they got to pay. Maybe they don't have to, but they, they have to decide whether they're going to pay Herder next year, Hunter in two years, Cam in two years. Um, Already paying Bogey, just paid Bogey, just paid Trey, Onyeka in three years. Uh, Capella's contract will also be coming up soon. In two years, I think. Yeah, so it's it'll be interesting. And Travis Schlenk has done a great job. I think he had another really good offseason. Jalen's looking like an absolute steal with where he went. So I know Sharif struggled earlier, but he's actually kind of came into his own. They got him late second round. Like, looks like Schlenk had a just another killer offseason, former Warrior exec um but I, i'm very very i i think uh you know rockets will obviously be up there with league pass teams hornets pistons i'm i'm definitely going to be tuned into to the hawks again next year too i think they can be really really good do you want to uh, uh do you want to end this by talking about maybe like a deal that didn't happen like ben simmons because i think that's a really weird simmons, situation yeah. and i think it's a good point to end this thing because He's not responding apparently to Philadelphia. Isn't that funny? How I don't know how true that is. That out? Like how, I don't know how true. How do we is. know that? Yeah. Um, but he's obviously making that hurt. That stuff just doesn't come out, right? Like he right. is. He is obviously pissed and wants to get traded, and the asking price is too high. And so if you go into the season off, with him, first off, bro, whose side are you on in this? Like, or maybe you don't even have to pick a side, but like you. You, it's interesting because it's it is clear that since Ben Simmons, ben Simmons has been there, the, the Sixers have asked him to shoot, and he hasn't done it. And usually in this sort of league, the teams they protect their players. They don't they don't talk shit about their own players. And it's not like they've come out and talked shit, but you haven't seen really the Sixers defend Ben Simmons as he takes shit from every single fan on Twitter, social media, he, he just hears it. And you haven't really heard Daryl Morey or or Doc Rivers, like, say, stand up, because they, I think they're saying the same things. So are, are you on the side more, like, are, are, if you're the Sixers, are you looking to trade him? Because he's a general, I mean, it's a broad term, but you some would say he's a generational talent. Um, and what are you asking for? Like, it sounds like the the asking price has been super, super high from them. Um, where do you fall in on, on both, both those things? Yeah, I mean, I understand. Like, if I'm Ben Simmons, man, and I just got bagged by Philadelphia, they paid him the max. Like, for me as a, as, a, as a person, as a player, like, I want to prove my worth, right? Like, even if I'm getting hate, like, it would just motivate me to even come out. Or I don't know how his re- relationship is with Doc Rivers, but if I was him, 
I would still want to be in that situation because that's a hell of a roster too, man. They just resigned. Didn't they just resign Danny Green? I'm pretty sure they mm-hmm. did. No, they um, did. It's the they still back, got Tobias. You got, got Joel. Got they got Andre Drummond off off the bench. You got Niang for some shooting. Um, but Maxi's developing. Maxi's developing. I mean, I would want to just keep grinding it out, but I understand it from from that perspective. Like he was in the James Harden deal. There's no doubt about it. Maury offered him for James Harden. Like there's just there's no doubt about it. Yeah. You know that was happening. Like he heard all the trade rumors. Then he gets shit on for his playoff performance. Like the dude's pissed. I understand it, but I just you can't go into this season with this situation. It's not going to end well at all. It's going to completely take away from Embiid that whole team. So he wasn't moved during free agency um, or before it. I uh, wasn't moved uh, during the draft. So I just that thing is like, what? What are the suitors? Like you hear Warriors. But Ben's also like it sounds like he's not open to certain teams, so it just limits the options. It's just gonna be a very thin needle that I feel like they have to thread. And I don't think like I would be so down to have Ben. I think people will point to Ben and Draymond and be like, that can't work. But if Draymond grinds and just grinds on his open shooting, like I will take Ben Simmons with Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. No oh, yeah. doubt. I, I don't care that J- Ben and Dre will have to share the floor at same, the same time. Like, who cares? So it just comes down to the asking price. And so for you, where do you draw the I, line? Now, obviously, Moody see, and Kaminga were fine. But would, would you be willing to go Moody, Kaminga, Wiseman? Yes, Wiggins. I would. And Wiggins. Uh, because yes. the, so that's and where w- I'm not sure. Yeah, and Wiggins, and I'm not our, sure. But, but Wiggins has to be included just because of salary. And the thing is, if, if they didn't have Joel Embiid, I think they do it because it just doesn't make sense with Joel Embiid because they can't um, develop Wiseman. It wouldn't make sense. I think that was the main problem. Right. I would have done it if I was the Warriors. That gives them something for but Wiseman. The deal that made sense to me, and if I would have, I would have probably pulled the trigger if I could have, um, if I was Philadelphia, and this may sound crazy, I would have done Bradley Beal for Ben Simmons. And I think Bradley Beal makes a ton of sense next to Tobias Harris and next to Joel Embiid. It solves all the shooting issues. Obviously, it hurts on defense, but they're already so good and loaded really around with Ben, yeah. with with, uh, with Joel Embiid Matisse. protecting the paint. Tobias, Matisse, Danny Green. I know he's taking a step back, but that deal makes perfect sense to me. That's the one I want to see. I think it makes a lot of sense for for the Wizards to go into rebuild mode with Ben Simmons. I just don't know how Ben Simmons would have taken, but that's really the deal that I yeah, want it's, to see. Yeah, I don't think Ben Simmons would allow that. Although yeah. I don't know if he can even, I don't even, like I don't know if he's allowed to say no. But regardless, I love that. I think that makes absolute sense for both sides. I think the Wizards are down probably, depending on you know if Beal is. If Beal's like, all right, yeah, I'm down, um, and I think Philly for sure would be down. But I would guess it's weird because as soon as Brody was out, I assumed Beal would be out too. But it sounds like he wants to – I don't know if it's because he wants to kind of be the guy and, and see what happens. But, I mean, they're not winning anything substantial with that team either. So you think that eventually – because Beal said, like, I'm here, but, like, I want to win. So you would think eventually he hits a breaking point. Um, so maybe they stay tuned for that. But, like, training camp's really right around the corner, bro. Like, it's, it's a weird situation. And I'd say just because Ben – one has said really i've only heard the warriors and two like we're already kind of getting close to the regular season ish like 
I just don't know that there's an, and these things happen quickly, but I, I don't know that there's a suitor out there right now and it might, but you can't really do it as a deadline thing, you know, because when the Rockets did it, all these guys that are dealing stars at the deadline, it's because they're already bad. And it's like, yep. it doesn't matter once we lose and the Pelicans when they lose AD go into tank mode, actually end up getting Zion, right? Like last, or uh, who's the last star to be, be dubbed? There's another one that I'm I'm completely blanking on now, but usually they're bad, and so it's all good. You get rid of them, and you're just you tank. But the Sixers can't do that, so it's like one of those things where I just don't see an immediate fit that where everything lines up because a lot of things have to. Um, so we'll see, we'll see. Yeah, and it was a deal that it had to get done, and it didn't get done. So now it's just yeah, a yeah, really awkward situation, and it's something to look about or look. Yeah, I'd assume Ben thought. I would assume Ben thought it was coming, and it just never did. Nothing materialized. But uh, I think that's about it, bro. I appreciate you joining me. Um, I think what me and you, me you and Kai will do the uh, after summer league. I think it's perfect because you will actually have seen these dudes hoop against NBA guys. We'll do a, a like. And summer league's been really board. fun. It's I, yeah, it's been a really fun time. I hope you guys have been watching. I, it's tougher for me because it's during the day and I'm driving and like crashing while I'm watching. <laughs> and then you know me, I have to respond in Discord too, so it's like I can't <laughs> do everything. But uh, it's it's a really it's it's dope because it's the only sport that like we. We literally get a firsthand look at all these guys and we get the sport in the summer for a couple of weeks. But uh, I'm definitely going to head out there next year, bro. We should Me go. too, 100%. Go. Um, but appreciate you all tuning in. We will be back again next week. Um, peace. Thank you, bro.